This is a podcast from Rover. All right, well, it's that time of year again. Daylight saving and uh, farmers need to make sure they've got next winter's feed requirements organised so enough to get stock through the winter months when pasture growth slows down. With us today, farmlands agronomist Michael Bennett to discuss the place that forage brassicas have to fill that winter gap in production. Nice to talk again, Michael. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Dominic. Nice to have you back on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, so forage brassicas is a great tool for meeting the feed requirements for livestock operations throughout the year, but particularly in the winter time, it's great to get you through uh, when your pasture production is lowest. So the whole industry focused on cost at the moment. Homegrown feed is king at the moment. So then why do farmers use winter brassicas as part of the farming system, Michael? So the challenge for farming livestock in this part of the world is balancing the feed production and feed demand throughout the year. Brassicas have been a major part of this for generations to help smooth out the supply and demand for feed throughout the year. So winter crops are a great way of leading in for regrassing, which also is a major driver of productivity on farm, as well as reducing pasture damage from pugging throughout those wetter and colder winter months. So what are some of the key points in in selecting a brassica for winter feed? Now, Swedes, kale and rape are easily utilised by all classes of stock. However, you should choose a shorter height kale for sheep. Uh, Swedes... Swedes, turnip, rape and kale all have different sowing dates and crop maturity requirements. And you should also consider what type of supplements you're going to need to have available for the stock while they're on that winter crop. Uh, paddock history is also really important. So club root is, is a major issue for us down here. And you also want to be wary of how close you plant your next year's brassica to the previous year's brassica crop. Uh, for the risk of dry rot, which can be quite devastating for brassicas. Uh, drainage is another issue so kale is fantastic at finding drainage uh, so where, where you have got an overflow in paddocks obviously swedes would be a better fit um, and your fertility you really want to keep your pH up above 5.8 and your Olsen P above 15. You can grow brassicas uh, with lower pH but ideally uh, the higher the better So how important is soil fertility then and also I guess soil type as well Michael? Uh, yeah, Dominic, you want to be soil testing early just to give you plenty of time to address any potential issues that there might be uh, with pH and making sure you've got enough nutrition for the crop. Brassicas are definitely more forgiving of a lower pH than fodder beet is. However, a regular liming program is still very important to keep your pH in check on the farm. Um, your crop seal boron boost from balance is a great starting point for forage brassicas because you have got that phosphate, nitrogen, as well as boron in each and every granule. Uh, and the importance of soil type has been a key uh, importance with the introduction of the winter grazing regulations. And it's a trade-off because the heavier soils are better for nutrient retention, however, a lot worse for pugging. And we tend to, tend to winter stock on those lighter soil types. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what, what then would be the best strategies to deal with weeds and, and kale or swedes or, or that sort of stuff? Um, look, every, every region has its own challenge with regards to weeds. Uh, like Amaranthus is a major challenge in the North Island uh, and down here in this part of the world willow weed is a real issue for us. So obviously weed control is more, most critical in Swedes because they're less competitive relative to kale but I've still seen farmers lose a crop of kale to weeds if there's too many of them so you don't want to assume that even though they are more competitive uh, that you don't need to worry about weed control. You've got a lot better chance of dealing with those weeds in a pre-emerge situation with the likes of Director or Alaclaw, 
or if you know you're going to have issues with specific weeds such as wild turnip, then a pre-emerge program with Clean Crop is fantastic. And if you are using that Clean Crop program, it's best practice to add another pre-emerge herbicide in with that Tellar. We can achieve two aims by increasing the spectrum of weed control and also reduce the risk of herbicide resistance developing. Consider it like using two actives against internal parasites rather than a single. And unfortunately, the chlorsulfuron in Tellar has quite a propensity to developing resistance. There are plenty of options for post-emerge weed in terms of the new farm and cultivar range, but it's ideal to forward plan to make sure the key weeds won't slip through the cracks. And one of the one of the best parts of having brassicas in the rotation is the opportunity to use products such as chlorpyrrolid or aminopyrrolid, which is dynamite on California thistles. Jesus, some good information in there for the, that is for sure. Um, and also, look, another great thing that farmlands are doing at the moment, running a promotion on agronomy products this spring. Yeah, we're running a promo around the Calgary Stampede in Canada. So if you buy any two inputs of either seed, balanced fertiliser or ag chem, you'll be in with a chance to win one of three trips for two people to the Calgary Stampede in Canada. Have a chat to your Farmlands TFO and get agronomic advice and place your order today. The Calgary Stampede, what a prize that is. Uh, just check out the Farmlands websites and, of course, rexonline.co.nz will have all the details as well. Michael Bennett, a pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dominic.